Hello and welcome to the third ever episode of the C Word podcast, which, nope, just scares me. Time is flying too quickly. I'm Madeline Bourne. I'm a marketing assistant, writer, sub-editor and life and style blogger. Of all things taboo, well-being and general life stuff related at madelinemay.co.uk. And I can't believe I'm now on to my third episode in the C Word podcast series. This is the podcast for ordinary people living ordinary lives in this extraordinary time. And every single week, I'm making it my mission to discuss various aspects of our lifestyles and well-being that have been spun up into a whirlwind of confusion and change during the coronavirus outbreak. I feel strongly that in these unprecedented times, we're all just muddling through the best that we can and rapidly tackling each situation that comes our way. And there didn't seem to be much tailored well-being support out there. And I wanted to try in a small way to help. I speak to various ordinary people from different backgrounds and with different life experiences to get their take on each podcast subject. And I aim to offer a positive, safe space for us all to share our stories, learn from each other, offer support to one another and find a little sunshine in these tricky times. Today's episode is dealing with a pretty heavy subject but it's one that I think is hugely important to acknowledge and listen to in these times that perhaps for a lot of us have felt very alien, new and difficult. You may have noticed the episode is called Life in Lockdown before it even began and actually for many people the difficult reality of life before this new normal meant that the governmental lockdown hasn't made life feel all that different. For those struggling with many physical and mental illnesses, the life of daily lifestyle restrictions, paranoia and overwhelm is unfortunately the always normal for many. From sufferers of chronic illness to those living with anxiety and many more difficulties, living with a body or mind that's sometimes been on lockdown, long before lockdown began, has now raised many questions about how our society often casts aside vulnerable people, how as humans we can learn to become more understanding and empathetic of others, and what we can do going forward to make the world a more inclusive place. Speaking to Kate, who suffers with the chronic illness IBD, which is inflammatory bowel disease, and who writes honestly about her experience at howitbewithibd.com, and by sharing my own experience of anxiousness, we're hoping this episode offers an insight into life in physical and mental lockdown, whilst offering some positivity and hope for a more positive world after coronavirus. I'm hoping this episode will be eye-opening for all of us, for those of us who are fortunate not to have life-impairing conditions. This acknowledgement is so important to me, because I grew up with my dear dad having kidney failure. He was diagnosed at 21, so for my entire life, I knew him to be unwell, poorly, defined as disabled. He had to dialyse every week. His life was tied down to his medical condition. He struggled to walk. He struggled to get out and about like many of us are usually fortunate to. One of my earliest memories of acknowledging my dad was unwell and realising that everyone didn't have the same empathetic outlook I was fortunate to possess, having grown up around physical illness and pain was when we went for a family day out to I think it was Chessington World of Adventures or somewhere equally as joyous for young kids. I begged dad to come on a ride with me. I think it was a kid's roller coaster and he wanted to try and come on it with me but he really struggled to get in and out of the roller coaster seat. Just before the ride began he was struggling to sit down and I was trying my best to help him in. 
when I spied a young girl, still older than my around seven or eight years of age, who looked around 13, gawping, staring and genuinely laughing at my dad's difficulty. That was one of the first times I felt absolute anger, outrage and upset towards another person. I felt it bubbling out of me and I remember channeling all my anger into a hard stare towards the girl who shut up after she noticed I gave her what children call the evils. Now, I know lots of wonderful people who are incredibly empathetic of other situations, no matter whether they've been through particular hardships or challenges or not. I know my childhood wasn't particularly normal in that I grew up understanding physical illness and lifelong conditions from a young age and was exposed to understanding, empathy and kindness early on, thanks to my wonderful parents. But I am still continually shocked to today, at the age of 22, at how some people find it incredibly difficult to comprehend the severity of certain situations. I've had a friend remark that they thought I'd be over the loss of my dad two months after he passed away. I've seen others make not the most understanding comments about other hardships I've seen friends or loved ones face. And so I believe one of the most important things we need to do throughout our lives is become understanding and empathetic of others' experiences and circumstances. Step away from the comforting bubble of what you know and actively seek out other stories. When life goes back to normal, they won't ever experience the normal that the majority of us are really hoping for. It's important to check whatever privileges you may have and understand other stories to ensure you can do everything you can to support others. Now, there are many personal circumstances that might mean some people have not been able to experience the normal that was before. Both physical and mental illnesses contribute to that factor. There are also myriad reasons why we're all experiencing a true lockdown now. It's taking its toll on all of us. And I don't want to ignore the multitude of experiences people are having right now and before. However, for the purposes of keeping the episode condensed, I'm discussing the illnesses of chronic pain and anxiousness or anxiety today. This is because I can only speak from my own experience and because the lovely Kate got in touch with me to ask to share her story and share her angle on life in lockdown and before. We'll move on to Kate's hugely inspiring interview later in the episode. But first, let's take a little bit of time to rant, shall we? I'm prefacing this by saying that I have not been diagnosed officially as of yet with anxiety. I really struggle with the labelling culture of mental illness that is hugely prevalent in society. And I believe that sometimes the lines between anxiousness and an anxiety disorder can become blurred. So I don't want to do that here. I can admit freely on this episode that I am currently having tests at the hospital for physical signs of anxiety, or what the doctors are presuming is anxiety, as the doctors want to rule out any kind of physical condition before diagnosing me with anything. But I do experience acute periods of anxiousness, and that is how I am going to define my experiences going forward in this little chapter of the podcast. So, it's impossible for me to begin to sum up or define what anxiousness feels like for me, or for anyone, because there are so many threads to having an anxious patch or episode, or whatever you want to call it, that I just spend way too long rambling and we get off course. The main point of this episode is to share how experiencing lockdown as a fortunate person with no underlying health conditions can actually somewhat mirror how so-called normal life looks like for certain people at various stages of their life due to mental or physical illness. There are some wonderful sites and resources to look into if you're wanting more information about mental illness, 
treating or coping with mental illness and its symptoms, such as mind. Please head there if you're wanting to find out more. However, today, I wanted to try and break down my experience of anxiousness, because I can only speak from my own experience, into three points. Three ways anxiousness has impacted my life and exacerbated real qualities of our lifestyles that we are now experiencing in lockdown. Three things I think people who don't experience anxiety or anxiousness can identify with now that we're in physical lockdown. Things that may help you understand what it's like to be someone who struggles with anxiety, so you can be better equipped to help friends or family who suffer with the illness going forward. So, number one, what people often refer to as intrusive thoughts is something that I often struggle with when I'm experiencing an anxious patch. Since losing my dad in 2016, I have had some difficult moments where I think about death, the fear of losing a loved one, the fear that something could be around the corner of your life at any moment to cast some horrible thing your way. Cheery stuff, I know, but um, I spent a lot of time thinking that way in 2018 and 2019 and it still sometimes crops up today. Thoughts would come out of nowhere and they sometimes still do and it would be hard to understand what triggered that way of thinking on that specific day but it all stemmed from the anxious feelings of wanting to control the uncontrollable. I think that that very feeling, the feeling of wanting to control the uncontrollable, is something we can all identify with now. This unprecedented situation is largely out of our hands, and we don't always know what to do to help or lessen overwhelm when we feel it sometimes. We might overanalyse situations, worry about going to the supermarket, or feel concern about going on a long walk. And this is unfortunately a stark reality for lots of people who suffer with anxiety. This symptom of anxiety is something I think we can all identify with now in some way, due to the physical lockdown imposed on us. Number two, the inability to perform life as normal. To feel trapped and not be able to go outside as freely as you'd like. These are feelings and situations we can very much identify with right now, due to the current situation. It's also something that I know a lot of anxiety sufferers grapple with on an ordinary day in quote-unquote normal life. I am incredibly lucky to say that I've been able to largely carry out life as normal when I suffer an anxious patch, but I feel various physical symptoms from being overwhelmed, get incredibly indecisive and have the difficult thoughts I've just described at periods. Sometimes I can't get tasks done or carry out my day normally when I'm paralysed by the thoughts I'm having. My heart races uncontrollably and I find it hard to exercise, go on a walk or breathe when this happens. The mental feelings of being trapped and overwhelmed are there for a lot of people who suffer with anxiety, even when the physical barriers of lockdown aren't in place. And I believe that this is something we have all been put in a position to understand now. And number three, the newfound phenomenon of health anxiety. Unfortunately, this is something I've been told I potentially experience now. As explained earlier, I am currently in the process of having tests on my heart to rule out any physical conditions, but it's been discussed that my anxiousness might be triggering an adrenaline rush that increases my heart rate heavily. I've had times where my resting pulse rate has been 120, which isn't good um, (laughs) at all. But because of these physical symptoms, I have gotten increasingly anxious about my health and my loved one's health because being physically reminded of your fragility and feeling physical feelings that may just be anxiety makes you obsess and worry about health a lot more. Luckily, 
One good thing about lockdown is that I've been trying to learn how to tackle these feelings more, and recently I feel I'm getting slightly more on top of them, due to the more time that I have on my hands. Explanation of these feelings aside, I think this anxiety of your health and your loved one's health is something we can all identify with at this time. We're constantly concerned about each other. We worry if we have loved ones who are key workers. We try to mitigate constantly our chances of catching coronavirus. We have become more aware of our health than we perhaps ever have before. And this is something that unfortunately a lot of anxiety or mental health illnesses perpetuate in individuals, even before lockdown began. At the end of the episode, we'll be talking the positivity lens, some things that you can do to support loved ones suffering with mental unwell health at this time, and also some coping strategies for yourself if you find yourself feeling anxious, like I have a tendency to be at times. We'll be working through these difficult feelings to get to a more positive place. Please stay tuned for that. I hope that opening up and sharing my personal experiences has helped you understand how what you're experiencing right now in lockdown physically and mentally, is something that unfortunately people have to tackle a lot of the time, before governmental lockdown was the new normal. I hope that, although a difficult, heavy subject to discuss, this has opened your eyes into the lives of others and how you can best support the people you love who struggle, or perhaps it's offered you some comfort because it's helped you identify that you also go through anxious patches too. I hope in one way it has helped. It's time for the other story now, so we'll leave behind anxiety for a little bit and we will revisit it again at the more positive vibes end of the podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Kate. Kate suffers with the chronic illness IBD and writes honestly about her experience at howitbewithibd.com, which you need to check out pronto because it's such an honest and frank account of life with a chronic illness. And she always throws in a cracking joke or three to lighten the mood, usually about poo. So if you've got a silly humour like me, it's right up your street. (laughs) I wanted to talk to Kate about her experiences with IBD and why she believes physical governmental lockdown can be a time for others to learn about the reality of life with chronic illnesses. Something that unfortunately doesn't get the awareness and airtime it deserves. Much like mental illness, chronic illnesses are sometimes invisible to the eye which I find always makes them harder for people to grasp and understand. And like mental illness, chronic illnesses come with a taboo that we are trying to stamp out. I had a super inspiring and insightful chat with Kate, and I hope her words offer some lessons, understanding and insight for you, and comfort if you suffer with chronic illness too. So, let's get into it, shall we? Hello. Hello. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you so much for speaking with me today for this. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm really excited about it. (laughs) So my first thing I wanted to ask you really is, could you quickly introduce anyone listening to IBD and define the illness for them? Yeah, sure. So um, IBD is a chronic illness, which means that it's going to kind of, it's going to be there forever. Um, there is no cure for it, but there's lots of treatment available. So yeah. the treatment has the goal of making you asymptomatic. So when you're having symptoms, you're in a flare up. And when you don't have any symptoms, you're in remission. Mm-hmm. So IBD stands for inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, it's often confused with IBS, which is yeah, irritable yeah. bowel syndrome. But, you know, it's not the same thing. 
in IBD, you have two different types. So you have Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Um, mm. I've got ulcerative colitis. Mm. And um, it kind of does what it says on the tin. It just sort of, your bowel becomes inflamed yeah. and it can cause a lot of, so many bizarre symptoms, but the main ones are usually weight loss, a lot of pain, mm. a lot of bleeding and a lot of urgency when going to the bathroom as well. Mm. Um, so that's kind of mostly it. And then Crohn's disease affects your whole digestive system. Well, chronic illnesses are just unfortunately illnesses, I think, on a whole that people don't often quote unquote like understand or like illnesses that don't get the airtime that they need in the public domain to help people kind of understand them more. And I was wondering, like, why do you think that this is? I feel like with I can only really speak for my illness specifically yeah. on this one, but I know with IBD, um, the symptoms are often quite uh, taboo. I know this is something you talk about on your blog as well mm. quite a lot, which is so important. And, you know, if we're going to talk about IBD, we're inevitably going to need to talk about things that just haven't traditionally been very mm. polite to talk about. Yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. going to have to talk about blood. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about poo. And people just aren't very comfortable with that yeah. a lot of the time. So I don't think people are always comfortable asking because of that. And I also don't think that people with the disease are always comfortable talking about it because yeah. I think it can be quite embarrassing also of course it's um, an invisible illness which can be so much more easily dismissed I think yeah, so definitely. I think you know that's such a huge reason why people don't talk about it because it can be so easy to dismiss real symptoms as behavioral quirks or yeah you know yeah. when it's just it's just not the case at all I completely get that I think that in a sense obviously two very different things but a lot of mental illness and chronic illness fall into kind of the same route of yeah. having invisible symptoms or being invisible in a sense that people who haven't you know experienced it people don't try and understand what's invisible to the eye um yeah that's which so is true tricky. one thing like I mean the big part about this episode is about um kind of chronic illness and mental illness as well and how those two things are kind of like some people have been not in lockdown in a sense but you know what I mean like in various ways people's lifestyles have had to be restricted long before this and um, I think one thing that people can take from this difficult time is more empathy for others and more understanding of others who I mean there are millions of you know physical and mental illnesses that obviously we can't go into on this episode we've only spoken about two things but where people's lifestyles have been restricted for a long time and so I was wondering what aspects of this life in lockdown do you believe will help the public understand more about the nature of living with a chronic illness? Um, so I feel like this sort of life on lockdown is going to really help people understand the difficulty of being in isolation because yeah for years and years um yeah. People with chronic illnesses have kind of been forced and mental illnesses have been forced into yeah. isolation um, because of how sick they are. And it's something that um, we always kind of encourage the public to sort of do walk in our shoes initiatives. Um, mm. Crohn's and Colitis UK, a, a charity that is like really amazing for that, mm. to get people to kind of understand what it's like to kind of have a day in our life sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, we kind of got a lot more than we bargained for, I guess, mm. this year with um, this pandemic and people being stuck inside. So I feel like 
yeah, I just I feel like sort of the difficulty of being stuck, of not doing things that you really want to do. Mm. I feel like especially in your early 20s, well, for me anyway, I feel like it's huge pressure to kind of get everything done before yeah. I'm 25. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous. And especially when you have an illness, whether that be mental or physical or invisible or whatever, I feel like often when you aren't equipped to be able to do things that you feel like you should be doing anyway, yeah. um, it's so easy to feel like time is moving on and just leaving you behind. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like hopefully people can understand that a bit more with this lockdown. It's a huge, you know, like so many people, I think everyone's kind of trying to make this seem like it's a productive time or doing loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I know I've taken on a hundred different hobbies. Um, mm, yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like, I I don't know. I feel like it's just we need to remember to just relax and, you know, there's not pressure to do everything now. It's okay to take a little bit of time out. Yeah, I think that that's something that people are realising now because we do live in a society where we're 100 miles an hour all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but graduating from university felt very like oh gosh okay now I've got to start life and to achieve like you were saying like x y and z before 25 before 30 whatever and Mm -hmm. um that pressure isn't good for anyone and it's not good at all and isn't inclusive for people who are struggling in various different ways and Mm -hmm. um, I think that having this time now to slow down forcing us all to slow down is hopefully going to make people realise that maybe that way of living isn't actually, you know, it's a pressure that we shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Well, how has life on governmental lockdown been in coping with your illness? Have there kind of maybe been positives, such as I I know you mentioned to me earlier that you do work from home anyway, but having like more of that chance to work from home and also taking more time for yourself perhaps when you have flare-ups, has that been helpful? Yeah, so um, I, I guess the most positive thing about life on lockdown at the minute is that I've just been so prepared for it. Yeah. <laughs> like um, I was, I first got sick and was diagnosed back in September of 2019. Mm. And I don't know, I think since September, I can probably count on 10 fingers the amount of times that I've left home for something that isn't a medical appointment. Like mm. if we don't count you know, really short walks out to build your strength and stuff like that. Um, mm. You know, you are so isolated. <laughs> and um, so I've been super prepared for it in that case. Um, yeah. Also, I, I'm really used to being very careful with my health. I'm on a couple of medications which really suppress my immune system. I'm on a biologic medicine and a mild chemotherapy. Mm. So with those things you know if I were to get sick I I don't have an immune system so you know I get sick really really fast so you know carrying around a hand sanitizer or just being super careful on public transport and not touching things is something that I haven't had to adapt to which I think a lot of other people are finding very stressful at the minute of course Mm, so I work from home um I left uni in September and moved home with my mum and dad Mm. I couldn't look after myself at the time and so that meant I kind of just had to rearrange so I got mm. four jobs that I do from home um so yeah I mean in terms of that it's remote anyway so yeah so workflow hasn't really slowed down or anything yeah. 
Yeah. What aspects of life in this governmental lockdown do you want to take back with you into life after social distancing? So, like, are there adaptations society could make to make this place more inclusive and suitable for people who struggle with chronic illness? Uh, Yes, Um, a huge one, I think, is we really, really need more remote and flexible working opportunities for people who are housebound. Um, You know, there are freelance jobs out there, but Mm. um, often I've found they aren't super well paid. The work can be really inconsistent. and So you need to be able to afford a laptop and stable internet connection at home in the first place to even make that possible. Um, And so I think if there was contracted remote freelance work as as an employee so sorry not as a contractor yeah as an employee yeah 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 because they're they're treated so differently so as an employee you would be entitled to have you know a laptop and the working materials you need at home and it would just be a huge game changer um Mm. I feel like within the community there's been quite a lot of um I don't know if anger is the right word but people have felt Mm. really upset when seeing this lockdown how easily working opportunities and society has adapted for the able bodies when they've just completely refused to do that in the the past yeah yeah Um, so I feel like we've always been told oh you can't do it sorry we can't do it we can't make those arrangements it's impossible Mm -hmm. it would be you know there's no way and actually in the blink of an eye I know it's interesting to see how quickly and easily a lot of office-based working doesn't need to be in office like it doesn't need to be you could do it from home if they could provide you with the materials to do it if anything it might save businesses money because they're not paying rent on buildings and stuff like that Mm -hmm. I think yeah it would help people in enormous ways I think in it just in general it's just such a hassle like it's a real struggle to find anything and then the competition's so fierce yeah so um yeah it you know (laughs) that would be just so amazing for so many people I think to be able to have that opportunity to do it from home how do you keep yourself positive during challenging times um so for me I don't know if this is the healthiest way um so I might need to unpack this later (laughs) I don't know (laughs) but um for me I always think of all the things that I have to be thankful for because I think that even in really really difficult times of course it's okay to feel upset of course it's okay to you know be angry at your Mm. situation but just thinking of everything that you have I don't know I I was in hospital and I was in quite an intense ward where the people around me were just so sick I had kind of an imposter syndrome being there so you know that people being diagnosed with you know, terminal cancer to the mm-hmm. left of me, victims of domestic abuse to the right of me. And all I could think, even as I was so unwell sitting there, I was like, thank God I'm mm-hmm. not them. I know that sounds, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's right, but um, I, I think, just... yeah, I think that thinking about what you have around you to be grateful for, and even in really challenging times, there are things like that however small or, or silly you think in your head it might be just yeah. something like that just like clinging mm-hmm. to those things and like maybe writing them down or whatever you want to do to remind yourself I think that is that is so important yeah yeah no 100 percent. it is so so important I think especially when you have a chronic illness or I think this could go for lots of types of illnesses where you have better days and worse days. Mm. I think 
on the good days that you have, the days that you're in remission or not experiencing symptoms, I think that you just, it's almost inevitable to feel grateful for mm. that day. I, I don't know, to feel happy that you're not having these symptoms. I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I know when I was um, when I was in hospital, they, they came to me one time and they were like, oh, have you um, looked anything up about surgery? And I was kind of like, oh, no, no, like, I haven't, don't worry. I don't diagnose myself and look up online. Mm. And they were just like, oh, well, you should. <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was so um, shocking. And I was basically told that they were going to try me on this medicine. If it didn't work within a week, they were going to do a total colectomy on me, which is where they just remove your mm. whole large intestine. And, you know, luckily for me that medication worked and yeah. I was literally better overnight yeah so for me you know although that was a bad situation I just I felt so grateful because I always thought in my mind that could have happened so that's how I yeah. keep positive because I just yeah. think well I'm just so lucky yeah. that that didn't happen yeah and I think that that's a really inspiring and brave story like to just <laughs> I don't know just to I think sometimes a lot of people I mean, every I'm, you know, everyone has their own story, and everyone has mm. varying things that they experience in their life. And not for a second am I saying, you know, everything is relative. Whatever you are going through at any point in your life, if you feel like it's a challenging point for you, then it's a challenging point for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to like belittle anyone or say that any situation you shouldn't rank things. I don't think like it's mm. it's hard to do that, and you shouldn't feel guilt when you feel upset. And and I just yeah. think that. Sometimes, though, for example, like with my dad, my dad had kidney failure for as long as I, you know, was born. He was diagnosed at 21 and like before I was born. And so my whole life growing up, I knew that my dad wasn't well and he had to have dialysis every week. And I knew he was he was disabled. He couldn't walk very well. And just Mm. seeing like that's a very similar way to the way my dad thought, like say whenever he'd have an operation (sighs) in hospital or something would happen, he'd think, well, you know like this thing could have happened which is was not the ideal outcome and I didn't want it to happen but look it didn't get to that point and like I'm yeah you know I'm really grateful for that or even when things you know when I always remember basically my dad passed away in 2016 and when just before he passed away he we basically found out that he had cancer in his kidney basically his kidneys hated him his whole life I think Um, and he found out he had cancer and he came home and he told us and obviously everyone was incredibly upset and, and just shocked and everything. And then I remember that night we all had to go and have our haircuts in the village because like we had we had a hairdresser's appointment and I was like, oh my God, I need to go to this. I need to like get myself together. And he was like, don't worry, you go off and get it done. I've got some cream cakes on the way home. I'm going to enjoy these. And like that, <laughs> that kind of mentality, do you know what I mean? If just yeah. like even if something really challenging is happening, just finding that one thing Mm, that makes you grateful or makes you happier. And like for my dad, it was just that. And like that, I think is something I've always wanted to try and empower people with, like trying to be grateful for the smallest things, like whatever there is, there's always something. Yeah, and that's that's so right. And I'm really sorry about your dad. Mm. And that must've been incredibly difficult. Um, he sounds like such a joyful guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's just stories like that make you so inspired to just be better and to just take those messages on board mm. and just be mm. that positive light for someone else in mm. your life. Mm. Definitely. I think that 
and any other thing that I feel like is um a big I don't know like life like life mantra I don't know like you know people like hippie people are like my mantra is this like I mean like yeah. like that is that I yeah. always try to believe that everything happens for a reason like try so hard to think like that um mm. and I was wondering if there's any aspect of your personality or your temperament that you're thankful for that has kind of come about as a for want of a better word like a side effect of experiencing chronic illness so like through experiencing anxious patches I've kind of become more sensitive to others and want to do everything I can to help others who are struggling so I'm glad I've got that side of me and I was wondering Mm. if there's anything with you um yeah I mean I think I'm a lot more thoughtful than Mm. I was um so I've always kind of been I'm not proud of this but I've always been one of those people that doesn't massively reach out um yeah if someone were to contact me that would be amazing like I'd love to have a conversation but I've never been one to hugely reach out to my friends and to message them first which Mm. you know and when I was unwell I think I relied so heavily on the kindness of my friends and my family just being there for me and Mm. supporting me um I had some amazing friends who would basically like film their day so they would kind of take me out with them when I didn't go out (laughs) and it's just so sweet and it's little things like yeah them bringing me with them on a coffee date with like just us two even though I'm on the phone was like such a huge huge thing for me and I couldn't help but just feel almost ashamed that it's something that I hadn't Mm. realized was so important to other people before so Mm. I think yeah just being sensitive knowing that someone is always going through something um always just make sure you check in on your friends it's such a small thing but it means so much if you just send a message leave a voice note whatever you know I think yeah just just check in on your friends and that's something I didn't do so much before but it's something mm-hmm. I've really been shocked into learning quite quickly I think as well as that sometimes when it's someone you know and like you're kind of friendly with but you're not really really close to and you see that something's happened or they've been through something or whatever sometimes it's a confidence thing and you feel nervous about reaching out and being like mm-hmm. oh hey are you okay you know how are things but I think one thing to remember and especially in this time now where lots of lots of people are kind of experiencing millions of emotions at once and you know lots of things have happened I think that it's a good reminder to don't worry about sending a message and being like are you okay things all right because people are always going to be so grateful for that yeah people will appreciate it like they're not don't be afraid because they're not going to come back and be like you know remember back in like 2010 on Facebook when people would be like um do I know you (laughs) it's not gonna be like that you know people would just be so grateful to probably just have someone to chat to you know so definitely reaching out so important yeah well I've got one last question for you and I wanted to ask if you could offer people listening one main piece of advice about chronic illness to help them understand and make a change in how they support others what would it be um I think for this question, I would just have to reiterate what I said in my last one. I think with chronic illness, um, even though someone might be in remission, it doesn't mean that they're not still sick. So even in remission, you have a bunch of side effects. Like I know that people's eyes can be hugely affected, joint pain, hair loss, just Mm -hmm. a bunch of crazy stuff. So even though you're well, you're not always well. And emotionally, even 
there are no available mental health support services, at least where I was mm. in Sheffield. And I was unwell to support you with this kind of thing. Mm. So I think, yeah, check in on your friends with chronic illnesses because when you're unwell all the time, it's kind of, you don't want to feel like you're bothering people or bringing them down constantly. Yeah. Just yeah. talking about yourself and how sick you are and what's wrong today. So a lot of the time people will keep that inside. So I think just yeah. messaging them and saying, you know, I have some amazing friends who just contact me every few days just being like, how are you? How are you feeling? Mm. Um, even if I'm great, there's usually something I want to get off my chest that yeah. I haven't felt yeah. open enough to say. So again, just checking in, reaching out, um, you know, just making sure people are okay is yeah. a great thing if you know someone with a chronic illness, whether that be a mental illness or physical. So. Here we are. We've reached the positivity lens, the destination of the C Word podcast. It's been quite a journey today. We've explored anxiety, we've explored chronic illness, and we've tried to understand what life is like with a brain or body that has felt somewhat under lockdown, even before lockdown began. I hope that this episode has helped you understand how you can become more empathetic and supportive towards friends or loved ones who live with chronic or mental illnesses. Because sometimes, half the problem with trying to be supportive is that it's hard to know what to say or do to help when you don't have the understanding to place yourself in another's shoes. It is hard to understand others' experiences. It's definitely not easy. Because often, we can only speak from our own experience, and it's impossible to fully understand what someone else is going through. However, the physical restrictions that have recently been placed on our lives offer a small insight into the lives of those living with chronic and mental illnesses. I wanted to quickly end the episode with three tips on how to A, offer support to people who are struggling right now, and B, how to learn to cope with however you're feeling if you're finding things tough. So, to support others, here are my three main tips. Number one, reach out. As Kate said, the best thing that you can do to support someone right now is to just reach out, check in on your loved ones and let them know you're there. They will be so appreciative of the support. Number two, remember to check in even if they're not being the best at responding. Sometimes people are bad at replying to texts and often it may be because they're going through something. Still letting them know with a quick supportive message that you're there when they want to and need to talk will mean the world. And number three, find ways to offer them distraction from what they're going through. Whether that's a fun virtual quiz, vlogging your day to send to a friend who is unable to get outside, sending them good Netflix recommendations. Nothing is too small and everything will help them. And if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, here are three main things I felt that have helped me recently. I hope they might help you too. Number one, be present right now. What are you experiencing? Don't try to deny difficult emotions. They'll only come back stronger later on. Acknowledge that they're happening and try to ground yourself in the present moment to help you cope with these difficult feelings. Look at the clouds float across the sky. Listen to the sounds of your neighbourhood outside. Really focus on the task you're doing right now. Grounding yourself in the present moment can help keep your mind from spiralling. Number two, if you can, Lose yourself in something as simple as reading a book. Escape for a little bit. 
I'm obsessed with reading right now and I have some cracking recommendations I've got to say. Hit me up on Instagram at at maddiemay underscore xo if you want to hear. I'm more than happy to give you them. And number three, if in doubt, reach out to a friend, to a family member, to an impartial mental health helpline. Sometimes speaking to someone you trust really helps. And sometimes speaking to someone impartial can be useful as it means you don't worry about burdening the other person. Always talk about your feelings. Talking is good. And you'd be surprised at how many people feel the same as you right now. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you've made it to the end, you're a trooper. (laughs) It's been a heavy subject or two, but a super useful and insightful chat to help us understand others' experiences and personal stories more. Empathy is one of the most important traits we can possess. Next week, I'm getting ready to shower you with positive vibes (laughs) from the episode start to finish. I'm so excited about next week's episode. We're going to be chatting everything we have to be grateful for at this uncertain time, because there is always something. And we're going to be discussing the positive world we like to see come into reality after the coronavirus outbreak. We've got laughter, fun anecdotes, positivity, and a few rays of sunshine, and of course, another amazing podcast guest. So please look out for that. Have a good week, stay safe, stay positive, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye!